0: Recently, I had lunch with a young adult, and he, she surprised me. He said, "Pastor Jeff, can can I say this? I'm I'm amazed by you." They're like, huh? How, how do you do it? After receiving some of the harshest criticism in your previous role?" As a pastor, you press on and you're still serving God today. At that point of time, I took a deep breath. In my mind, I know that unless I believe in the goodness of the Lord, I would have given up so many times and so long ago. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Unless series. Let me read to you again the theme verse for today. Psalms 37, 13. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is a message of encouragement. For those of you, perhaps you are despaired, disappointed, depressed over relational conflict. And I will share more as we learn from King David how a man after God's very own heart struggled. And yet, he remained faithful to God amid oppositions. So, let's commit this time to the Lord. Let's close our eyes and let's bow our heads and let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your scripture. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Indeed, if it is not because of your word, Lord, we will not be here today. And today we want to once again surrender our minds and our hearts to you. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Even as we reflect on who you are, your goodness, your word, would you teach us to learn to respond to you according to your Holy Scripture and according to what your Spirit is saying to us today. And Lord, we want to say thank you and we bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the key verse today is taken from a passage, and this passage that is our focus is from verse 11 to 14 from Psalms 27. Let me read to you. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversary, for false weaknesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I will have despaired unless I have believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes. Wait for the Lord. Before I jump straight to the passage of the day, allow me to give the context of Psalm 27. In fact, the whole Psalm 27 contains 14 verses. And there are a few key verses that many of us will have memorized by heart or have heard of it very often. And to appreciate the passage for today, we need to see what this whole psalm is about so that we can narrow in and hear what the Lord is saying to us. If you look at verse 1 to 3, you will know that of the famous verse, the starting line, they say that the Lord is my light and my salvation. But you look at verse 1 to 3, you will know that when David says God is my light and my salvation, it is in the midst of his enemies. And look at verse 4 to 10, the next lesson, that David spoke of his desire to be in the presence of God. He wants to worship God, he wanted to be with God. And what is the situation? It's in the midst of his enemies. And today, the passage for today, verse 11 to 14, David spoke of his faith in the goodness of the Lord, even amid his enemies. So from here, we know that David is hard-pressed at every direction. But yet, Psalms 27, it is a song of prayer. It's a song of pleading. It's a song of dependency upon the Lord. So the subject for today is this. How to remain faithful amid opposition. So we learn from King David, we focus on three things. First thing, we focus on His Word. We focus on His goodness. We focus on His sovereignty. I understand it can be quite a lot to look at the overview, but allow me to unpack, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you personally as the message unfolds. Focus on His Word. It is by focusing on God's Word we learn God's way of handling opposition. Psalms 37, 11 to 12. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path. Because of my enemies, because of my foes, do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversary. For false witnesses have reason against me, and such breathe out violence. Verse 10 to 11 david cried out to god he what did he cry to god he don't say god no help but he said god i need help and i need your word i need you to teach me and today you and i we have the holy bible we have the word of god where we can depend on and ask god to teach us his way we have the holy spirit within us where the holy spirit will unpack the scripture to us, help us to make sense of what God is saying to us so that we can learn God's way of handling opposition. And if we are able to learn from David, it is from this text that we know that God will lead us in a level path. Let me explain what is a level path. When we obey God's word, our path in handling our opposition will be level. What does it mean? Level means a straighter path less bumpier, with a few obstacles and greater stability king david is a man of war he understood that if the ground is rocky if it is a hilly place he cannot fight his enemy properly his troop cannot run properly they will be tripped here and there and however if you have a level plane when he listened to the lord he prayed asked god for wisdom the road the journey ahead of him will be leveled because God's wisdom will teach him where to go, where to turn the strategy against the enemy. And you know what? Having a level path will help you even to escape when you need to escape. A level path will help you to learn to confront when you need to confront. So it's so important. And you know what? As I studied the word level, I realized that the word level. In Hebrew, it also means righteous. It means right. To be right. And you know what? When King David said, teach me your ways, okay, so that the path will be leveled, why? King David desired to do what is right. You know, the, the, the end goal is not to win the battle, in the sense, per se. But his, his end goal, at the end of the day, he's a man of God. Even in trouble, his job is not to take revenge and fight back. His his desire is to obey God. Even enemies is before him. Teach me what is right. And you know, how how, how do you know? If you read the life of David, two times he can... King Saul. Why? King Saul kept on pursuing him. Wanted his life. Wanted his head. King Saul was insecure because... He knew that the kingdom will go to David. But David dare not touch the anointed king of Israel. And he said, I will not do it. See, from here we have a glimpse where we deal with our enemies, where we deal with opposition, where we deal with conflict. It's not an eye for an eye, but it's what God wants you to do. And that is what will please the Lord. And that is what will make your path straight, level. So, who are our enemies? So, from verse 12, we can get a hint. Verse 12, we talk about adversary. It talks about false weaknesses. It talks about violence. So, who are our adversary? Adversary are people who are against you especially when we do what is right. I mean, if you read the New Testament, the the apostles have reminded us when we do what is right, we may be opposed because we are going against the grain of the world. So people who, who are against us, they are our adversary, especially when we are doing what is right. Remember the posture of David? He wants to please God. He's a man after God's heart. And who are the false witnesses? The false witnesses are people who accuse us of things that is unfounded, unclarified. It's easy to accuse people. "I yeah, uh, this, that, no. But have you clarified? Are you sure what you say is true? Or you go by feeling? Let's learn from King David. And not only that, they are violence. Can I suggest that violence is not just physical. Someone punch you in the face. Do you know that violence can be emotional? They cause fear and anxiety. Do you know that violence can be relational? Purposely sow discord? Purposely form separate groups to talk about you? Spread gossip and vicarious anger? These are violence. However, let's take the posture of King David. How do we learn from the Lord? Allow me to share just three examples from the scripture. There are many. Okay, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you directly for your specific situation. Proverbs 25, to 22 If an enemy is hungry... Give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will keep burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. You see, the ways of the kingdoms are always paradoxical. And that's why as Christians, we do not take revenge. But instead, we keep on doing good. We keep on trying to close the gap. Why? Because our end goal is reconciliation. The ministry of Jesus is a ministry of reconciliation. We need to be like our Lord. And when we do so, we trust in God to move according to His time and God will reward us when we do all things to please Him. Romans twelve nineteen. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. We must have faith that our God is a just God and He's a righteous God and nothing escapes Him. He will repay accordingly to the deeds of our enemies. And our job for you and I is to be like Jesus. Like what He commands us in the Gospel. To love, to forgive. And in fact, we have to even love our enemies even more. Because the end goal is restoration. Okay, let me give you one of my favorite last one, Matthew 18, 15 to 17. I think this is a very a clear conflict management uh, steps. There are four stages, okay? Verse 15, If your brother sin, go and show him his fault in private. Don't post in on Instagram. Okay? In private, level one, okay? If he listens to you, you warn your brother. Hallelujah. You see, the angle is what? Reconciliation. Stage two. If he doesn't listen to you, take one or two. Because sometimes they don't believe you, but you say, hey, brother, really, uh, you, what you say really cannot. Oh. Then say, oh, yeah, yeah really, no, we love you, but I tell you really cannot. Bring one weakness, two weaknesses. If you win your brother, of course, hallelujah. If not, then you have to escalate to level three. You have to tell the church, "Wow." Very serious now. Means I post in newsletter, no? Uh, okay, don't please. We won't post this kind of thing in newsletter. But tell the church has a concept of we need to make this issue. Uh, uh, everyone need to be aware, especially when it is contentious. You know why? Because if not, there will be accusation over the leader, over the elder, over the CEO, over the CGL. We need to escalate to our our leaders and let our leaders with the group of mature believers, be able to handle the situation so that the church have sufficient knowledge to be able to try to correct this brother. Of course, the context is this brother's sin, transgress against God's word. Okay? But if this brother refused, what happened? Last stage. Okay, you say that? Treat them as a Gentiles or tax collector. Mistreat the person as an unbeliever. But do you know the funny thing? If you treat the person as an unbeliever, it means you must love the person even more. No? Quite, not. <laughs> Quite not. Sometimes, no, uh, Jesus is so skillful because the heart of Jesus doesn't change. He's a God of love. That's why He came and died for your sin and my sin 2,000 over years ago. Even with our enemies, God wants us to show grace. But yet, God is just. God is watching. God knows. There are three examples. Maybe there are some other verses that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, specifically in your situation. Let us reflect. What is the Word of God saying about the relational conflict that you are in? You know, I want to share with you that everyone will will, will somehow face some relational conflict, whether it is in a very big scale or a very small scale. But as people of God, let us not brush away Let us learn how to confront the issue with love. If not, you are gossiping. You are causing more trouble and more harm in the body of Christ than you should. And in fact, if you have been in church long enough, you will know that offenses are common. But we have hope. That's why we are a community of faith. Our faith is not on man but on God. When you have issue, what is the word of God saying in that particular circumstances? Because sometimes it's about you, sometimes it is a mixture of different combinations. But I want to encourage you some application. Is there an enemy? Okay, I just use the word enemy again. Okay? It could be someone that you are conflicting, that you need to depend on the Lord to start forgiving. I think by now you should know that if you cannot forgive that someone, it will affect you for the rest of your life. Every time you see the person, you're frustrated. The person walks to the sanctuary, you feel frustrated. The person comes on the call, you feel frustrated. <laughs> okay. Right, right? But the ways of Jesus, as we read the Bible, is to forgive and let God take over. Do our best to reconcile. Second, you know, how can you practically love your enemy this coming week? I, I must understand that there are some people, for whatever reason, right? Somehow, at this junction, we do our best, but they still, they still conflict. But perhaps we love them, like what Jesus said: love our enemies. Maybe. So-called your enemy has a need. Why oh, don't no, you meet the needs of your enemy? Bye, bubble tea. Something for you to consider. Or is there a misunderstanding that you need to clarify soon? I mean, I can't overemphasize this because misunderstanding, if you don't clarify, chances are you'll get worse. The information, you not know, like broken telephone, you play broken telephone night. I love you, by the way, and it's like, I hate you. The message. So, we need to clarify soon. Or is there a vicarious anger that you need to clarify? Okay, at this juncture, allow me to, to explain why it's vicarious. anger. A vicarious anger means you are angry with someone, not because you are directly involved. Because you hear this person say about this person, that person say about that person, then the two persons say about that person, oh, really, uh, wow, really, uh, they become angry, but you might not know that maybe they really clarify with that personality. Then you still remain angry. Sometimes it's like, that. so you have to be careful. Let me share with you uh, my own journey. You see, one of the things that I did uh, as I uh, tried to uh, have a closure in my previous pastoral role was to meet up with a list of people uh, that I heard have issue with me. Oh, I mean, when I say issue can be big or small, it can be like, you no. Know, uh, why my hair is like that, No, you know? I don't know. I know. I That's why I need to clarify. I drink coffee, yeah. um, and. and uh, okay, I'm, I must say this, that I just want to really encourage you that we, we, the courage, sometimes we don't have the courage, but we really need to depend on a lot. And it took me really a lot of courage and really humility. You know, sometimes I really feel that I'm right. Why must I meet with this person? But I meet ah, because we need to obey God. Okay, we need to learn to love. Love cover a multitude of sins. You know? I, then I meet up with some of them. But I, I must say that I got good news. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, that I learned as I catch up by right, things become clearer lah. You know, you thought that you got ten enemies. After you meet the ten of them, maybe you only left one or two. No, so because it's, it's like that one. Because human beings, we don't talk. Right? Then we like imagine, we think. So wow, this person rolled the eyes, eyeball at me, you know, this person turned the back at me, give me a cold shoulder, you know, a head at me, you know. Talk. And one thing I learned that most of us, like, we do not have the natural tendency to clarify. But I believe that BBTC is a healthy church. BBTC is a family church. BBTC is a church that we believe in being a priest and being a king. We want to pray, we want to minister. So in order to be effective, I think offenses, we need to really get that out of the way. If not, we cannot mature. So I really encourage you. So that's just one thing that I learned. And of course, one of the things that I, I learned is those things that I can, those relationships that I still, I, I can salvage, still drink coffee with them today, then those I can't I pray. I pray for the blood of Jesus to reconcile all things back to Him and having His peace. According to Colossians one twenty. And I also pray that Romans 12, 18, if I can, at best, to be at peace, always be at peace, no matter how I feel unjustified, especially what the person have said about me. So I go the extra mile, I go the higher ground, and when we do that, then we learn how to do, how to be children of God, how to stay faithful to the Lord amid opposition we focus on his word and we obey them so moving to point number 2 now we have the foundation which is the word of god then we need to focus on his goodness king david had faith in the goodness of god and you know it is this goodness of god that really sustains him when enemy pursue him when he he's being accused when he's being abandoned, when his son did treacherous things against him, it is the goodness of God that sustained him. So my prayer is we will learn to grow to know the goodness of God. Psalms twenty-seven thirteen, I would have despair unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living you see, verse 13 is a very fascinating verse for Bible students. Now, if you pay attention to your own Bible, these four words, I will have despair or I will lose heart, may or may not be found in your Bible version. Huh? Okay, let me explain, okay? Let me share with you some, some, uh, some version, then we can actually explore and see what's happening. Sometimes when you read the Bible, we need to read with our eyes open and our, our head, our brain open, so that we can you know, wrestle with some of these things that we can appreciate. Uh, what the, the scripture uh, has has for us, okay? Psalms 28, sorry, Psalms 27, 13, reading from the NASV 1995 version, here carefully, I will have despair unless I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. Let me read to you NKJV. I will have loose heart unless I have believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So the modern translation somehow take away the unless. But don't worry, okay, I will explain as the message unroll. In NASB 2020, means an updated version, huh? I certainly believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Sounds the same but don't have the unless. so Some people feel uncomfortable, right? This is the unless series, right? ESV. i believe i shall look upon the goodness of the lord in the land of the living so what happened to the unless you know when i was studying this i said oh can i still preach this message the unless disappeared especially in the modern translation then of course as every good bible student we try to try to find out now what is the the original word itself. Of course, I turn to the interlinear Bible, which is the most word-for-word translated. It says, unless I had belief, that I will see the goodness of Yahweh in the land of the living. Wow. Thankfully, the original word, unless, is there. But immediately, I say, thankful that the, I saw the unless is there, I realized, hey, this statement a bit weird. Ah. Like a bit incomplete. Like, Unless, so what happened before that? Uh, so that's where I begin to study a bit more and let me share with you that this unless is a negative if conjunction. Basically, when you put an unless, there must be a contrasting clauses. That's why the NKJV and NASB nineteen ninety five trying to interpret that passage given the context of King David, what happened to him in the midst of enemy and they believe that the most probable clause that's before the unless will be, I will have despair. And that's why when you read your Bible, if you have the word, I will be despair, I will lose up, usually it's italic. And if it is italic, you read the footnote, it will tell you, it has been added. But I want to assure you that the adding of these words does not change the meaning. Because in the modern translation, they have this issue, because of this unless, right, this sentence sounds incomplete. But however, however, the emphasis of unless, they translate into an emphatic statement. What does it mean? It means that instead of unless I have believed I will see, which is incomplete, it translates as, I certainly believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord. So in essence, the change of the word in English text does not change the intended meaning of the scripture, but improve in the accuracy of the translation and readability for modern English reader. And I hope that this a bit of um, explanation will help you to appreciate that the Bible translator work very hard so that we can have the as accurate translation from the original language as possible. So NASB 2020, let me read to you. I certainly believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So why is this belief? This word belief, very interesting. I searched the Hebrew word. It's called aman. Say, aman sounds familiar. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, so aman is the root word of Amen. Basically, the rule word tells you it is agreement, it is conviction, it is yes. Oh, yeah, some version. So, when we believe, we don't just believe. You know, sometimes we talk to people, you believe me or not? Yeah, yeah, I believe you, I believe you. Not that kind of belief, no. But this belief is, oh, yes, I believe, I have conviction, you are right. So, King David said that, yes. You are good. I believe. I have conviction that I will see your goodness. And that is what and how we define the word belief. King David declared his full certainty and belief in the goodness of God. And what is this goodness of God? Let me jump to Psalms 27 so that we can appreciate the entire verse. These are some of the things that King David believed in the goodness. Verse 1 talks about he's a light in salvation. He's a protector of his life. He's a defender against his enemy. He is David's courage and confidence. He is the house of the refuge. He's the lifter of his head. He's the God who hears his prayer. He's the God who sought the face of David. He's David's helper. He's, he's the one that cherish and love David. In verse 10. And this is the goodness of God. Of course, if you read some other Psalms of King David, we will understand how David understands and appreciates and believe in the goodness of God. King David trusted in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let me explain what is the land of living. Do you want to hear it? What is the land of living? The land of the living is the land that we live. Amen. You got it. If King David had not trusted in the Lord, in his goodness, he would have died. You look at the things that he gone through. Betrayer after betrayer. His father figure, King Saul, come after him. His own son did horrible things against him. His enemy attacked him from everywhere. Even if his own merry man wanted to stone him at one time at Ziklag. David will have died of depression. It's crazy. But David, belief, conviction, trust in the Lord, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Why did he say that? I believe that it is because of the Lord he can be in the land of the living and not in the land of death. This is so precious. And how do we know we contrast with King Saul, the first king and the second king of Israel. King Saul, in 1 Samuel 31, he killed himself. But King David believed in the goodness of the Lord, in the land of the living, and he lived for the glory of of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, especially those of you, maybe you are already very sad, you are very depressed. I want to encourage you: let's learn from King David. Know the goodness of God, and live in the land of the living, and not death. We are children of God; we live in the land. Of the living. Let's reflect. How has God, how has the Lord been good to us? I don't know. Have you asked yourself that question before? Or do you spend most of your time thinking about wow? I got bills to pay. Wow, you know. So and so, so naggy, you know? Think about all the negative things, wow, my neighbor. COVID time also can drive Mercedes. ah. I drive Honda, Honda motorcycle. Compare. But let us begin to focus not on the material things, not on comparison, but focus on how the Lord has been really good to you. So I encourage you in your application, begin to recall, reflect and pen down. If you forget, write it, paste it on the mirror, paste it on your desk. How the Lord has been good to you, especially in your growing up. In fact, in Psalms 2, it says what? I sleep and I awake because the Lord sustained me. We all can sit here because the Lord sustained us. Do you thank God for it? How about during your school days? How God has seen you through in your school days? How about your family, your loved one? God has surrounded you with people who love you. If you don't believe, please look for me after the service, because I want to really tell you that I love you. Because we are one family, we are petitions. We are for one another. We don't divide. We unite. That's the heart of God. And because of that, I love you. Wherever you are, brother, I love you. Wherever you are, sister, we are one family. We can do this together even as we choose to focus on the goodness of God beyond our circumstances. Choose to live in the land of the living by focusing on who God is. A few years ago, I was in a deep season of disappointment over a particular issue, of course quite related to the introduction that I have shared. I have thoughts of giving up and uh, I don't know why, uh, I don't know why uh, a big man like me will cry to sleep however, you know, as a pastor, we always like pretend all is well, you no. Know? we pray for people, you no. Know? God bless you, God love you, no. I what Chinese say, God dragon and God phoenix, right? Like got like, power, and you know? that, But inside, broken. Then one day, I, I I I met a pastor in the office, my colleague. You know, very funny. He suddenly like see me, he said, hold my hand, and like that. And he said that, Jeff. I want to tell you that God loves you. And I love you, brother. And there are people who love you. Don't focus on people who rejected you. Focus on on what God is doing in your life. Focus on those who are blessed by your ministry. And I want to say, brother, I love you and I am with you. And I don't know what happened that day. I just cried in the office. Thankfully, it was a quiet Saturday morning. (laughs) And from that day onward, I felt that the Lord have rewired something in me. Instead of focusing on the lost relationship that I was trying to win back, but the Lord reminded me to focus. Actually, there are people who love you. There are people who are there for you. There are people who are blessed by your ministry. Why not you invest in them? Why are you still in agony over things that I cannot control? And I thought that that was a very valuable lesson for me. And I must say that that really helped me as I move on to my next assignment, doing Glow, doing Boys Brigade. You know, I looking at Violet and Sylvester. Thank you for loving me. You know, uh, they, they are people that you know in ministry that believe in me, and uh, I'm I'm where I'm today because of people who are here for me. So I encourage you, my friends, focus on the goodness of God. Focus on what. The Lord is doing in your life. Last but not least, how to remain faithful in the midst of opposition. We focus on His Word. We focus on His goodness. We focus on His sovereignty. So what is sovereignty? God's sovereignty is as defined as God's absolute control and power over everything. Every circumstance, situation, whether it is positive or negative from our current perspective, God knows what is best according to his eternal purpose for the universe and mankind. I know, very chim. Okay, let me put this simply, okay? In essence, when we focus on God's sovereignty, we do all that we can. We need to learn to trust God for things that we cannot. So that we learn to trust in God's timing, we learn to obey his word, we learn to depend on his goodness in times of attacks, accusation, or even relational conflict. Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen: 14, Wait for the Lord! Be strong! And let your heart take courage. Yes! Wait for the Lord. In fact, this is the last verse of Psalm twenty-seven, And David had to say, Yes, wait for the Lord. You see, I, I must admit that at Singaporean, we hardly wait. Okay, We want to go somewhere, we call for a cab, we open five platforms: Grab, Gojek, Tada, Ride, Comfort. I don't know. Maybe got more. That wow! See whoever that is the fastest. Cancel, 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 cancel. Take the one that is fastest. that will send the cab or the private hire car to you. You see, we 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 usually when we have a situation, we want to solve it fast. But sometimes after doing all that we can, we must learn to trust God. Because it is the Lord that binds us together. It's a lot that brings the church together. It is a lot that brings orchestrate relationship, working relationship, family relationship. It is God's sovereignty that is at work. Sometimes we may not be aware of what God is actually doing. And God is good and you always have good in mind when he put us in certain situations. Let me let me share with you this word that I learned uh, in Hebrew. The word wait it's kaveh. So, why is kave? Kaveh is interesting. Kaveh doesn't mean that we wait like sitting ducks, no. Quack. No, we're you not know, sitting ducks. No? But this kaveh has a meaning of I wait with expectation. I wait with hope. I wait with confidence. Wait. Wait unto the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Be courageous. Yes. Wait for Him. Wait wait with expectation you know i i just finished reservice recently you know and it got me thinking that sometimes when we are being attacked the right way is not what we watch in in movie a rambo right what got enemy what rambo do 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 Fly helicopter right one hand fly helicopter one hand go do 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 i don't know how you do it Fiction are fiction, okay? But if you understand about warfare, there is an element of wait. Because when enemy is g- 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 all the GPM, the machine gun, or all the firing at you, it's not the best time to okay can stand up. I mean you X mark, stand up, try to attack them. No. It's not ninja, okay? But you have to wait. Because if you are sharp enough, you will try to determine where the enemy is. Okay, we, we we find the, the the exact location, the exact coordination. then we comes. can you is it too near to us? How many hundred meters ahead? we call for air cover Air cover means maybe the airplane can clear the, the enemy before us or we call for artillery bombardment before the infantry troop can march forward, or we wait until enemy reload then we move forward people you go what do you want to do rainbow again. Ramble, ramble, and be ramble. ramble. You know right? Don't you know, with they reload, then you counter-attack. So, in a sense, I thought that it's an a interesting analogy that I felt that the Lord is speaking to me, that sometimes where we are being attacked, we do all that we can, let us not to be too hung up if the things are not soft. You know, relational things are not so clear-cut. It's not one plus one, it goes two. Okay, it's, not, it's not so direct. Relational issue is always very intricate. It plays to your history, it plays to your relationship, it plays to your mind, your security, the person's security, your status, many things. But we need to learn to wait. Because when we learn to wait, that's where we will learn to gain courage. We learn to gain God's assurance, God's peace. And maybe in a time of waiting, God used that to speak to you about yourself. Rather than half the time keep pointing finger, you point at other people, you didn't know the three finger pointing back at you. Ah! You see? Wait. What is the Spirit saying to us? Let us reflect. How can we focus on the sovereignty of God while waiting for God's deliverance? I understand that we are not King David, people are not shooting guns at us, and etc. But it can come in the form of relational conflict. So it could be, after doing all that you can to try to mend that relationship, the person is still hostile towards you. How can you focus on God's sovereignty and wait for God's deliverance? Sometimes we do all that we can, the person blocks us in Instagram or Facebook. You know, oh, this one outright not happy with you. Okay, it could be like you try to love your opponent, but they still hear hurting words and do harmful action towards you. Or the most common one, you do all that you can, but the person still gives you the cold shoulder. I want to encourage you that this is not an easy application because we are Singaporeans, we rush and we try to do things fast, we try to do things efficient, we thought that we meet the person, share we reconcile? Doesn't happen that way all the time. But let us learn in whatever relational conflict that we have right now, in all that we try and do, can we learn to wait for the Lord to intervene? For application, we focus on God's sovereignty, but we do all that we can. We pray for God to move hearts and intervene accordingly. In fact, focus on God's sovereignty also requires you to learn to focus on His goodness and focus on His Word. When you do everything together, then you wait. Have faith in God. I'm going to share another personal story. I really hope that... Um, please don't try to guess who is who. Maybe you know some of my extended family member, uh, please don't try to disturb them, okay, and ask them, is this you, please, ah, don't, ah, okay? we are family, ah. three months ago, my grandmother passed away suddenly, um, in the middle of the night, I received a, a phone call to go CGH, and to take a last look at her, because everything is very sudden, uh, then uh, they, they, they are very lost, they don't know what to do, they, they don't look to me. Like, I am the undertaker, you no? Know? So, so, I like, I say, I can help, I can, but my contacts are Christians. Uh, they say, hey, you, you check, you check whether, don't my auntie was asking, hey, you check, check, you no, know, whether I can. Of course, I do all that I can, uh, but as soon as I try to arrange, then I realize that there's a tension because they want me to do a traditional Chinese, uh, a wig. And, and a lot of time, it really clashes with uh, our Christian belief. But of course, as a as a grandson, as a as a son or as a as a nephew, I do all that I can, you know, uh, so I arrange. But lo and behold, on the on the few days uh, oh, I'll tell you the longer the day, the, the longer the agony. Five days. Uh, throughout the five days, there are a lot of offenses. Because my extended family, they are, they are Christian, they refuse to be involved. Uh, and because of that, um, there are exchanges. Of course, my my pre-believing family relative will say that you will have retribution. You know, next time people will do that to you. You know, uh, you are cursed. Don't know how many generations. Like, wow! I never hear such curse before in my life. Ah. wow! such thing. You know, they, and a lot of words are exchanged. Then, of course, I try to tell my family member, hey, I say, Look, it's okay. You know, we are Christian. We we, we we forgive. But of course, some of the words are very personal, personal. They want to retaliate, and of course, my wife and I we put. Uh, they say, "We hey, don't ah. we don't." But end up, you know what happened? They got offended with my wife and I. Uh, like we do all that we can. Oh, still cannot blame. Never mind. That's 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 an uh, offense number one. Okay, so so along the way, you know, offense don't clear out your words. Huh? then subsequently, I have a birthday party. Uh, I want to uh, for my extended family. I organize a birthday party. Then in the birthday party, my family interacted with this person's family. Then got some misunderstanding. Because already hurt, right? Misunderstanding, further misunderstanding. Round two, misunderstanding, even deepen. Then of course, I tell my wife, hey, okay, lah, we, we, we need to learn to forgive, let go, you no, know? don't think too much. Then we organize my birthday party for my daughter. Then we invite as usual, lah, our extended family and our close friends. And what happened is, Half of my extended family didn't show up. First time. Of course, my wife and I, during the party, we don't think so much. Like, hey, no drink, no barbecue, and etc. But after that, at that night, after we pick up everything, like, I don't know why. I, 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 I feel sad. Like. Then when my wife starts crying, you know, I feel worse. I say, hey, I tell my wife, hey, why are that? Then I say, I hey, cannot, cannot, we we, 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 we cannot, either. I think the misunderstanding will get worse and worse. So, for the next two weeks after the birthday party, my wife and I, we do all that we can. Call them, message them, we visit them, some of them, uh, we buy gifts, we say, hey, lunch, uh, no, not free, uh, dinner again, again uh. then we buy, buy dinner, then along the way, we, we do all that we can. Uh. And at that point of time, after the two weeks, uh, still stay the same. The offences are still the same, but I must say, from then till now, it's about maybe uh, two months. I got good news that things are better because I realised that the two weeks are so kanjong. Right? Oh, I want to do this, one do that. Buy, you no know, uh, Lazada, no shopping, no buy a present, all these things. Visit, knock the door like salesman and then etc. No, uh, it, it doesn't work. But as as I wait, as I continue to pray. Then they start to reply our messages. Then, I have dinner. They start to come for our dinner. Then, of course, we buy gifts. There's an exchange of gifts. Then, they took my, uh, what the one of the extended family, they took my daughter for birthday dinner. Things are better. But, of course, I wish I can tell you that, wow, we are okay. Already. But, we are not in the best of relationship. But, why do I share this? It takes time. We must trust God. We must do all that we can, but we must trust in the sovereignty of God. We must do all that we can. Number one, which is the conclusion, we focus on His Word. We do everything according to what God has called us to do. To love, to forgive. You know, We, we depend on His goodness. We, we, don't be, we, we, try, we try to be less offended, less, by focusing on the goodness of God. Then, we do all that we can, we wait. Because that is where God will do the changings of heart, healings of heart. And I just want to encourage you, friends, even as we come to the conclusion, these are the three things that we need to focus on. Because when we focus on God's word, we have wisdom to handle conflict. When we focus on His goodness, it gives us hope to persevere and to live. And we focus on His sovereignty, we trust in God's timing then we are able to stay faithful to God and living our life to the testimony of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, I understand, that the worst enemy that often we have are from within. The worst hurt that we can be affected by are often by the people closest to us. But I want to share the word of God and bring hope Because precisely it is for this very reason that Jesus came for you and I. It is for this very reason the ministry of Jesus is the ministry of reconciliation. It is for this very reason you and I have the Holy Bible where we can learn how God wants us to live our life for His glory and for His purpose. Let me once again read to you Psalms 27, 13. NASB 1995 version. I will have despair unless I have believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So, church, before the worship team facilitates this time to sing this song, You Are Good, I just sense that there's this three group of people that God wants to minister to. I want to encourage you that as I say that we are one family, no one go to judge you, but we want to journey with you. So if you belong to any of these three groups, I want to encourage you when the worship team facilitate this time where we bask in the goodness of God, just come to the front. There will be pastors and prayer ministers. We would love to journey with you because we are one family. So the the first the first group perhaps you are distressed over unfounded accusation, you need wisdom to know how to handle I encourage you to come. The second group know you are disappointed with someone for what the person has done to you and you need healing from God. you cannot forgive the person. I encourage you to come. The third group is you are depressed, you are really really very depressed. you, you lose sleep, you, 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 you don't feel like leaving anymore because of a relational conflict and you need god's peace and healing i want to encourage you if you belong to any of these three groups, as a worship team facilitate come or if you know of someone that's in any of these three categories and you are close to that person you want to stand in the gap for the person i want to also encourage you to come so church let us stand let us focus on the Lord. The Word of God has spoken that even as we begin to really remind ourselves of the goodness of God, even as we sing this song, if you belong to any of these three categories or you know of someone that in need of prayer for these three categories, I want to encourage you, just come. Because this is the house of the Lord. The Lord wants to heal His people.